Hey, good morning. Everybody here in our physical location, everybody that's watching is part of our online community on YouTube today. We're so grateful that you're here today. If we haven't met before, my name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here and I'm, I'm super excited that you're making Riverside a part of your weekend. See, if you know anything about me is I love this time of year. I love January because there's something about kind of a fresh start, a new beginning, a next chapter. And I don't know if you're one of those people that make New Year's resolutions. I, I, read, a, I read a quote this week that most of us, we break our New Year's resolutions within the first week. I don't know if that's any of you today in here, but it was interesting in the lead up to New Year's Eve on, on the news, they talked about the top 10 New Year's resolutions and see if any of you maybe have these currently right now, or maybe you've made them in the past, starting at number 10, working our way down to number one. Number 10, learn something new. Number nine, spend more time with my family. Number eight, improve my mental health. Number seven, pay down debt. Number six, be happier. Number five, lose weight. Number four, eat better. Number three, work out more. Number two, be healthier. And number one, save money. According to a, a 2022 study by Thrive Global, they tell us that money stress is at an all-time high. They tell us that 90% of U.S. adults, we struggle with our mental health. We struggle with our stress because of our finances. 65% of us, they tell us that we feel like we're so overwhelmed by our debt, we're so overwhelmed by our stress levels when it comes to our finances that we can find no way out. There are 40% of us that we're making no notable steps to get out of debt, to save for retirement. And they go on to tell us that less than 25% of US adults feel very confident about their financial future. When you really break down the stats, the, the biggest demographic in our country today that struggles with finances or their fear of finances are those of us between 18 and 43. Where are my 18 and 43 year olds in the house today? And you're like, I'm speaking your language today. Because so many of us, we struggle with these things. See, last week we kicked off a brand new series called Fearless. That's our word as a church, Riverside. As we step into this brand new year, we're going to be fearless. And last week, I preached a message called Fearless Despite Our Failures. And if you weren't with us last week, I encourage you to go back to the podcast, go back to YouTube, rewatch that message, because I believe it's really foundational where God is leading us as a church family in this year. But for week two, can I preach to you today that we as a church are going to be fearless in our finances, fearless in our finances. And some of y'all are already sitting there staring at me like, no, I ain't. I'm already scared. I'm already overwhelmed. But this year as a church, amen, we are going to be fearless in our finances. It's interesting because I love the end of the year because you get like the, the best of list. And I don't know about you, but one of my favorite apps on, on my phone is the, the version app. It's, it's a Bible app. And I love it because it's the Bible in so many different translations. I can, I can have it read the Bible to me while I'm driving, while I'm cooking. But I love the fact that I can even do Bible reading plans on that with some of my friends. And we can just encourage one another. If you don't have the version app, I want to encourage you to download it. But I thought it was so interesting this week when I found out that they told me what the top verse that was most shared, most highlighted, most discussed last year in 2022, because I think it encapsulates how so many of us 
feel as a culture today. And you're going to read about this in about a week or so in in our 21-day devotional. But it's Isaiah 41.10. It says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See, the Old Testament book of Isaiah, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of broken into two sections. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah are about God's condemnation against the people. But the last 27 chapters are all about God's consolation. See, when you start to read in Isaiah chapter 40 on, you see God show up and he starts to help them. He starts to strengthen them. He takes them from a place of, from being fearful to be fearless. See, it's the, it's the call of our hearts as we step into this brand new year. God is calling us to not be in this place of being fearful, but to be fearless. And can I tell you, the same God that was speaking over 2,700 years ago to the Old Testament people, can I tell you, that's the same God that wants to speak to you today. It's the same God that wants to move you into a place of being fearless in the midst of your financial woes. See, I know there are some of you that are sitting here today and saying, this isn't going to be a message for me. But can I tell you, as we step into 2023, I sit with people all the time that are so overwhelmed, their stress levels are through the roof because of their finances. And today, can I give you just three little points? I want to give you three shifts to move us from being fearless in our finances. Number one, all my note takers in the room, I want you to write this down. We're going to shift to stewarding over squandering. Say that with me, stewarding over squandering. See, what does that look like? If you go back to the Gospel of Matthew, the very first book in the New Testament, we see Jesus and he tells 23 what they call parables. Now, I grew up in a Christian school and I was always told that the definition of a parable, if you're unsure, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Basically, these were these simple stories that Jesus told to to share a point to teach his followers. If, you're, if you want to learn a little bit more about parables, I want to in, invite you to go all the way back on our podcast. I think it's October of 2021. We actually did a series called Storyteller. We actually unpacked some of the most famous parables uh, of Jesus. And if you want to find some more about that, man, go back to the podcast and listen to some of those because I think it's really, really incredible teaching. And This is actually what I'm going to share with you today is the last parable that we see Jesus ever speaking in the Gospel of Matthew. It's actually parable number 23 out of 23. And when you look at it, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus shares his last couple of parables. But then he goes on in Matthew chapter 26, we see Jesus, the plot to kill him starts to move forward. He's betrayed He's arrested. He goes on to be crucified. And so this is some of the final teaching that Jesus wanted to leave with his followers, starting in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 and 15. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it into proportion to their abilities. And then it says, he then left on his trip. So for Tom's sake, we're not going to read the whole parable, but the Cliff Notes version of it is the first servant that's given five bags of silver, he invests five bags of silver. The second servant that's given two bags of silver, he also invests 
those two bags of silver. But the third servant, the one that was given the one bag, it says that he digs a hole and he hides it. And it says a long time later, the servant comes back. And the servant, when he comes back, he goes to the very, the, the master comes back and he goes to the very first servant. And the servant says, hey, master, you need to know that I invested those five bags and I reaped an additional five bags. He goes to the second servant and the master says, hey, hey how would you do with what I left you? And the second servant says, well, I invested the two bags of silver and, and I made two more bags back. And I love what Jesus says to both the first and the second man here. You see it in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. It says, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Do you see here the Lord? The Lord honors faithfulness. The Lord honors goodness. It's two of the fruits of the Spirit that we talked about last year in our series, The Orchard. And you see what happens when you're talking and you hear from the master right here? There was praise and there was a promise. There was praise followed with a promise. What was the praise? They said, well done. Let's celebrate together. But then the master follows up and says, now I will give you more responsibilities. See, when we look at this passage right here, you need to know that what you steward today will determine what God blesses you with tomorrow. Amen. So we got to ask today, are we stewarding or are we squandering? Because I think in my life, so many times I've looked like the third servant. The third servant that just kind of hides his money away, doesn't do anything with it. And you have to see the master's response to this third gentleman. Listen to what it says in verse 24 and 25. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. He says, I was afraid. He lived in the what ifs like so many of us. I'm going to preach that a little bit more in the last week of this series that so many times we live in the what ifs of life. See, when you see the servant here, I'm sure there were things that he thought, well, what if I lose it? What if I don't make any money back? What if I get sick? What if I lose everything that's here? What if I lose my job? And can I tell you, the what ifs always lead to worry. When we start to think of the what ifs that can happen, it always leads to worry. Too often, you and I were so much like the third servant. We squander the opportunities that God gives us. We squander the money that God blesses us with. Listen to Proverbs 21.10. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Can I tell you, some of us today, we're fools. Because so many of us in this room and watching as part of our online community today, we have a saving problem, but we also have a spending problem. We don't save anything and we spend everything. See, how do I, how do I move from this place of, uh, of squandering to stewarding? I want to give you two things today. Two things that some of you ain't going to like to hear. Number one, how do I move from a place of squandering to stewarding? It starts with number one, budgeting. 
Ooh, budget. Yeah, I don't hear. <laughs> don't get a lot of claps. Don't get a lot of hallelujahs. Don't get a lot of preaching white boys on that one. <laughs> See, we are, we are living in a culture that has gotten so used to instant gratification. If I want to watch any movie that's been produced over the last hundred years, I can do a quick Google search and I'm watching that movie in about 10 or 15 seconds on my computer, on my TV. If I get hungry and I, I don't want to go out because it's late or it's cold, all we have to do is order DoorDash and it'll be at our, at our front door in 30, 40 minutes. See, some of y'all that are 18 to 43, you may not even remember the days of a rotary telephone. Some of y'all don't even know because you're so quick to pull out your phone. You can FaceTime anybody in about three seconds in any part of the world. But you need to know the struggle. When I wanted to call my friends when I was in high school, I had to take the phone that was hanging on the wall. I had to go, it had a long cord and I had to go turn the number. Some of y'all look at me, you're like, I don't even know. What is that? Google it when you get home today. And God forbid that your friends lived in another area code. Then you had three more numbers. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about today. See, we want it now, even if we can't afford it now. The latest statistics tell us that the average American has over $6,500 in credit card debt. There are some of us that will never be able to get out of that hole unless we start to make real practical changes. See, today is just a really practical message. This is some things I think I want us to think about as we step into this brand new year together. And I thought about what is a budget? Because you know me, I got to give you something to help you remember. And so here is an acronym that I want you to write down for a budget. Why do we need a budget? Because you don't get everything today. Because you don't get everything today. Some of y'all hate that. You hate it so, so much because we want everything right now. Can I tell you last week, I'm just going to tell you, I, I got home and my wife was like, you look good today. I was like, thank you, baby. Let's go. Because we're in this, this new jersey that I, I'd gotten in, in, in December. And, and, and you need to know, sometimes people look at me like, how can he afford that? He's just a pastor. <laughs> Calm down, folks. <laughs> you need to know that I, 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 I budgeted for that jersey. I just don't go out and buy, buy shoes. You're like, you got shoes in every color? Yeah, and I saved for them. Calm down, sister. See, that jersey I, I wore, I, I'd wanted a Michael Jordan jersey like forever. And it's like crazy expensive. Don't Google it and see how much it is. It's fine. It's just between me and the Lord. And, <laughs> and I wanted this jersey for so long, but it's so expensive. Like I'm never going to spend that amount of money on, on, on a single jersey. But you know what I started to do is I started to save. So like for, for my birthday, some people gave me money and I put a little in my envelope. And then, you know, I, I do weddings here and there. And sometimes people are very gracious. And they'll give me a little money. I'll put that in the envelope. And then it was Christmas. And, and Letty gave me $40. And I put it in my envelope. <laughs> and see, the thing I love is I love saving. But I also love sales. And every single day, I look up that Michael Jordan jersey. And one day, it was like 
a third off. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and you know what I did? I looked in my envelope and I had exactly amount, the amount of money to buy that jersey. So what did I do? I bought the jersey, yo. Why? Because I had budgeted it. I didn't get it when I wanted because you don't get everything today. It's going to break some of your hearts right now. You were planning on going to the mall after this. Now nah, you ain't. <laughs> Not after that. That's conviction, yo. Can I tell you, I'm super excited about midweek activities starting back up this coming Wednesday. I'm telling you, if you've never been to midweek activity for your whole family, kids, youth, adults, over the last couple of weeks, we've shown seven different adult class videos. We would love for you to be a part of it. Can I ask you one of them? I'm just going to highlight really, really quick. My friend Dan is right over here. Dan Richard just did a video. He does this. It's called CAP. We call it CAP for short, Christians Against Poverty. It is one of the greatest three, four-week classes that's going to launch you into this brand new year. You've never made a budget. You've never saved. You're one of these people that feel like I'm just floundering under my financial woes. Can I tell you, get your butt to church this Wednesday night, 645. Go to Dan's class if you need help. Go to any of those classes. But can you help us out with this? Because we want you to sign up. Yeah, you can just show up. But man, if you can sign up, Pastor Dana, right, that kind of really helps us figure out what spaces we need available. But every single person, I think midweek activities, I said it before, when you just come on Sunday night, this is that significant gathering, but then it's what I call that supplemental gathering. When you come together on Wednesday nights and you're with around other believers, you're other people who are going to sharpen you, I think it's really, really one of the best things you can do at the start of this year. Dan, I did that just for you, buddy. I love you so, so much. Give it up for my buddy, Dan. See, how do I move from squandering to stewarding? It starts with budgeting, but secondly, it starts with believing. It's believing that God is going to supply not some of your needs, but all of your needs. See, this, just this past week, I, yesterday I was reading, I, I shout out, I'm just giving people shout outs today. I'm going to give honor where honor is due. I've been doing this 21-day devotional that I love so much and and yesterday, our pre-K director, Angie Picarni, wrote an incredible devo uh, on day six. And, and she, we read together uh, Philippians chapter four. I love Philippians chapter four so much. But here's what it said yesterday. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. See, the teacher in me, I go back to that. Did you see the verbs in there? It's pray, tell, thank. See, so many of us, we're getting better in our prayer life. I have no issues because I'm in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yo, I'm hungry, but that's okay. The Lord is doing something new. I saw some of you still drinking your Starbucks. I hate you, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Michael, you shouldn't say hate. We're in church. But I, I, I love the fact that so many of us, we're doing better with the praying. We're really good at telling God what we need but if you're like me, we're not so good at the thanking part. We're not so good at thanking God for what he's done. See, gratitude is important. Gratitude shifts us from what I don't have to what I do have. Gratitude is, is this place where I may not have it yet, but God, I know you're going to continue. See, a devotion to gratitude always leads to a decrease in fear. 
See, when you start to have a devotion to gratitude, watch your fear start to wash away. Watch it start to, to, to go and to start to go away. It's not in the same place where it once was. Can I tell us, we as a church, let's have a devotion to gratitude in 2023. See, how do, I, how do I shift? How do I get to this place of being fearless in my finances? Number one, it starts with stewarding over squandering. But secondly, it's seeking over sulking. It's seeking over sulking. See, we live in a culture that loves to keep up with the Joneses. We love to look at what other people are doing in their lives and, and we try to compete. They take their wife on expensive dates, so i got to take my wife on expensive dates. This family gets to go on these incredible tropical vacations, so I should probably take my family on these incredible tropical vacations. My kid plays, their kid plays multiple sports, so my kid should play multiple sports. My mom, she learned really early on. She put me in, in, in t-ball. I played football for a little bit. Don't laugh at that, yo. Like, okay, you're still going? these guns. And my mom, my mom learned really early on, I, I, I was more of a, a reader than a running back. See, some of us, we, we want the same thing that we see other families and other couples and other individuals, and we start to get our eyes so focused on that life. And if we're not careful, our lives will become one of comparing and coveting. We will compare what I don't have and we will start to covet what other people do have. See, when you start to look at the lives of other people, it will always lead us to criticizing and complaining. We will always look at other people's lives and say, well, good for them, but when's God going to answer my prayer? When's God going to show up in my life? And we start to sulk. We start to pout. We start to have our own little pity party. See, there's a man named Bernard Barrick. He was a man that, that made millions in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. He, he was a part of, of the sugarcane industry. And it says that when he passed away, he, he had a net worth of $3 million. When you Adjust that for inflation today, he died with a net worth of $81 million. And someone said to him once, how much money does it take for a rich man to be satisfied? And Barak answered, just a million more dollars than he has. This is a man that was a millionaire. And I think we get into this place where if I just had more money... I'd have no problems. Everything would be so much better. And we think more money is going to bring us satisfaction. We think more money is going to bring us security. We think more money is going to bring us status. That if I just had a little more money, I'd feel good about myself. There'd be satisfaction in my life. If I just had more money, there'd be security. I wouldn't have to worry about how I'm going to pay the bills. I'd be able to sleep a little bit better at night. If I just had more money, I'd have status and I'd be invited into the cool group, the affluent group. I'd be able to spend every single night at the country club. See, this was a man that had $81 million and it still wasn't enough for him. See, it gets back to Hebrews 13.5. Don't love money 
be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. See, we put more emphasis on on what we want. We put more emphasis on what people think about us than what we can afford. We buy cars we can't afford. We buy houses we can't afford. We go on vacations we can't afford. I'm speaking into right some of your lives right now, yo. See, I, I, I know that there are some of us, we buy cars that we can't even afford to put gas in anymore. I hope you like the expensive house you're living in because you're going to be spending a lot of time there because you don't have any money to do anything else. There are some of us that we go on vacations and, yeah, vacations are important. Vacations are a time to rest, but not to put yourself further and further and further into debt. We've got to start looking at our finances. See, how do we move away from this constant need for more? How do we move away from this constant need to impress others? I think it always comes back to, let's see what Jesus said. How did Jesus instruct us? See, last week we spent some time in Matthew chapter 6. Remember Matthew chapter 6 says, when you pray. When you fast. It's the midpoint of Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus, immediately after that, he starts to shift. Jesus then follows up by talking and teaching on money and possessions. He says things like, don't store up treasures here on earth. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. But then you pick up in verse 25, and these are Jesus' words. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. See, believers, you need to know today, that's a promise from Jesus himself. He will give you everything you need. Did you catch in that? He was saying that, listen, the birds don't worry where they're going to get food from. I provide the food to the birds. The flowers don't worry about how they're going to grow and what's going to happen. I provide the rain. See, Jesus was telling his followers back then, I'm going to provide. It does no good to worry. Can you just trust in me? And really in this passage, he gives us three ingredients that I think some of you need to write down today. There are three ingredients where he will give you everything you need. Three ingredients in being fearless in our finances. Number one, he says, Don't worry. If I take care of the birds, if I take care of the flowers, 
If I take care of all of creation, you need to know I have bigger plans for you than I do the birds. I I, I have a bigger future for you than I do those flowers that are thrown away, that are burned. Hey, don't worry, brothers and sisters in Christ today. You need to take that in. Don't worry what's going to happen next. God is in control. See, Jesus says, don't worry. But secondly, what does he say in Scripture? He says, seek God. Be in this seeking season. I'm going to seek God. What does that look like? It's spending time in prayer. It's spending time in God's word. It's being intentional in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's coming out on Wednesday night. And I just am going to allow incredible men and women of God to pour into me. I want more of God. I want more of you. I'm going to seek God. But he says, don't worry. He says, seek God. And finally, he says, live righteously. See, men and women, Christians, believers, we are called to righteous living. We're called to not look like the rest of the world. We're called to look different than the world. Live righteously. When when the Lord comes and says, I don't know, that's the direction I want you to go. We're going to listen. We're not just going to keep going down that direction. We're not going to keep going down that path. When God says, that's not the relationship I have for you. Rather than keep going in a really toxic relationship, I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to draw back. I'm going to live righteously. See, if I could encapsulate this entire message in just one sentence, here's what it is. Your solution is seeking your Savior. That's what it all comes down to. That's what the entire message is is predicated on today. Your solution is seeking your Savior. And when you start to seek God, watch God show up in your life and start to change the trajectory of your life. It comes with seeking him. It comes with putting him first. See, how am I going to be fearless in my finances? Number one, it's stewarding over squandering. Number two, it's seeking over sulking. And finally, number three, it's submitting over sabotaging. See, if you go into the Old Testament, the book of Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. And I think so many times when we finish up with the Old Testament and we go right into the New Testament. We turn a a couple of pages and we immediately go from from Malachi to Matthew. But you need to know that's it wasn't a, a seamless transition from the Old to the New. See, you need to know that there's nothing recorded for 400 years. See that that one or two pages in your Bible right now? That's 400 years of silence. From Malachi to Matthew. God may have said something in those four centuries, but it's not recorded anywhere in Scripture. See, Malachi, the book of Malachi, that minor prophet, is a really big deal. Because it's some of the last words God spoke to his people before he went quiet for 400 years. See, what did he say? You look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. It says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? What did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. 
If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour the blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. Then all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's army. See, you need to know a little bit of a, a, a background in Malachi here. See, the Jewish people were out of alignment with God. See, they, they weren't honoring their spouses. They were, they were marrying pagans. Even the priests, when you really study about the priests, they were neglecting the temple. They were no longer teaching the Jews the things of God. They started to walk out of the direction that God had for him. They weren't honoring God in everything. They weren't even honoring God in their tithes, in their offerings. See, it's well documented in scripture that, that God asked for a tithe. God asked for a tenth. And every time that there was a sacrifice, they would come and they would give 10% of their money. They would give 10% of their crops. They would give 10% of their goods. And what does God say to the Jews? He says, you've cheated me. Other translations say, you have robbed me. See, they were holding on to what belongs to God. Can I tell you today, everything you own belongs to God. Some of you today, you need to start shifting your thinking from not my home to God's home. Not my car, but God's car. Not my shoes, but God's shoes. Y'all ain't going to be ready. I believe one day you're going to get to those pearly gates. You're going to be shocked when Jesus shows up wearing some Jordan 1s. I'll tell you right now. Uh -huh. He's going to be wearing some ridiculous red pants, Kathy Kohler with strings that just hang down. Like, why are you wearing those things? I don't know. I just like it. It's a look, yo. You get to heaven one day. There's what Jesus is going to look like, yo. But see, where does that come from? It's not our own. They don't belong to us. David talks about it in Psalm chapter 24. Listen to what David says. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Amen. You go back. Malachi chapter 3. You have cheated me. See, that wasn't just a word for the Jewish people. I think it's a word for us today in 2023. See, can I tell you, when, when you cheat on God, it's three things. Number one, it's daring. It's a really daring thing to do, thinking that, that God isn't going to find out when we do things that go against his word. It's really daring to think that your sin isn't going to be found out. What's ever in the dark will always come to light. What are you talking about? Sin. God commands it in Scripture. We need to give back the first 10% back to God. See, so many of us, we dare to cheat God in our finances. See, you need to know the money, the job, 
the position is not yours. It's God's. It's God's job that he provided for you. It's God's position that he orchestrated for you. It's God's check that he gave to you. See, when we cheat God, it's daring, but I think secondly, it's dangerous. When you cheat God, anytime you're out of alignment with God, it's a really dangerous place to be. And I think for so many of us as Christians, as believers, we're heading in the direction that God has for us. And these seemingly insignificant choices start to take us just a degree off the path. And we don't even notice it at first. But what starts to happen when we start making really dangerous decisions, we go further and further and further. And before you know it, you are wandering down a different path than God ever asked you to go down. It's a dangerous place to be. It's a daring place to be. But can I be really honest with you? Cheating God is just dumb. Some of y'all, I'm stepping on your toes today. You ain't ever coming back here. That's all right. Get your free gift before you go. But cheating God is dumb. You're missing out of the blessing of God over your life. You're sabotaging the future that he has for you. And God is saying, I want to bless you. God is saying today, if you just give me your whole life, everything about your life, I'm going to do something really, really special. See, Malachi chapter 3, God says to them, you're under a curse. And what was it? The cheating led to the cursing. And now the Jewish people, they had sabotaged their future. They were out of alignment with God. So many of us, you're cheating yourself. You're sabotaging the future that God has for you because you're not being generous. See, the one verse that we all know, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Generosity is the heart of God. And the generosity of our father should lead to the generosity of his kids. See, for some of you, there's a shift in this new year. For some of you, I'm going to give you a challenge. Some of you have never given back to God. Some of you have never given a portion back to Him. See, and maybe today, maybe in this new year, see if 90% with God's blessing doesn't go further than 100% without God's blessing. It's the only place in Scripture where God says, put me to the test. Try it. God says, I'm, I'm giving you a challenge with it. See, over the last few years, I, I've really tried to intentionally manage the gifts that God has given me, 
the gifts that God has given my family. And can I tell you, with God's help, intentional management has led to increased multiplication in my family. Because I, I, I put God first. See, we got paid on Friday and before I pay any of my bills, you need to know that today I put God first. I got on the website, maybe some of you write a check, maybe you put cash in the generosity box, you, you do it on the app. You put God first and watch what he does. I know Dan's gonna tell you on Wednesday night. He's gonna help you with a budget. He's gonna help you with some of the financial burdens that you're walking through. But I know the first thing he's gonna tell you is that we first give back to God. That's where it starts. I preach that to my own kids. My daughter works in an ice cream shop. Sometimes her checks are like $200. But I've taught my 17 year old, she's gonna give $20 back to God first. Because I want her to get it now because listen, if she isn't tithing on a $200 check, it's gonna be really hard for her one day to tithe on a $2,000 check. And I want my kids to know from the jump, I want them to know today. See, that's what Malachi's heart was all about. Malachi's heart, when you read through all four chapters here, Malachi's heart was for the Jewish people to turn back to God. It was for true worship, true faithfulness, true reliance on Him. See, can I tell you, when we submit our lives, when we submit our families, when we submit our future, when we submit our finances over to him, yes, it is a sacrifice. Yeah, there are gonna be things that we, that we have to give up. Submission is a sacrifice, but can I tell you, submission always leads to serenity. Submission always leads to peace. See, when you continue to read Philippians chapter four, it says pray, it says tell, it says thank God. But you see the very next verse, verse seven, it says then God's peace will come over you. When you start to live a life of total submission to the Lord, Watch where your life follows. Watch where there's peace. Watch where there's joy. Watch when God starts to multiply in your life, not just finances, but he starts to multiply in your physical family, that baby that you've been waiting for. When you submit and you give it all over to God, God hears your cries. God hears your prayers. God brings that child back home. God starts to multiply the opportunities he's going to give you. God starts to multiply the peace and the joy and the contentment that's in your life when you start to live a life of gratitude. See, that's what it is today. It's not a rousing, give me lots of claps, let's stand to your feet, let's worship. It's a really practical message today for some of you. Because some of you feel like even in this new year, Michael, I've been doing everything. I've done the first seven days of the 21 days. And I feel like 
there's a lack of connection with God still. When's my, when's my breakthrough gonna come? True connection only ever happens after true submission. It's when I lay down my pride, I lay down my plans, I lay down my finances, I lay down my family, I lay down my life at the feet of Jesus, that's when things start to shift. You want true connection, maybe today it starts with true submission. It says, Lord, I'm giving you everything. You can have it all. And I'll tell you, if you start to honor God with your finances, I guarantee you're gonna start to see a breakthrough. We're not gonna be like one of those guys that said, if you give today, you're gonna have this massive payout tomorrow. I don't believe in that. We don't give to get. Listen, some of you right now are like, I'm gonna give to I'll get. It's not what it's about. It's giving to honor God. It's giving to live in alignment with his command. It's giving so I can step into the new year being fearless. I don't know what's gonna come. I don't know what God wants to do, but I don't want to get to the end of 2023. And as the church said, yeah, we just kind of played it safe. Yeah, we just kind of, I know God was telling us that, but we don't have the money, we don't have the finances, we don't have the expertise to do that. No, I want to step into 2023. I want to be fearless. God, wherever you're taking us as a church family, wherever you're taking my family, I'm going to step in the direction that God has for us. And today, I'm just gonna ask you to stand to your feet, every single person in this room, whether you're in the balcony, whether you're under the balcony. And today, my prayer is that just the Lord starts to shift, that you walk out of this. I'm no longer gonna be fearful about my finances. I, I know scripturally what God has asked me to do. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for my church family. I thank for my friends that I know so, so well. And I thank you for new friends that are a part of this journey today. Lord, I pray that you would remove the stress. I pray that you would remove the pressure. I pray that you would move, remove the fear that's weighing down so many uh, of my friends that I love so, so much. Lord, I pray that this is a really practical message today that just gets us realigned with you, that gets realigned with your word, that gets us realigned with an act of submission. No, it's not always easy, but God, it's so, so worth it. And I pray right now that you would encourage my brothers and sisters to start making that that first step, that initial step. Lord, I pray that there's peace attached to it. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon them even in this moment right now, that you would remind them, that you would whisper in their ear that you are with them every single step of the way, that you will never leave them, you will never abandon them, that Lord, when we attach ourselves to you, we live without fear because you are our God, you are our Savior, you're the one we put our ultimate hope and trust in. So I pray be with us today. Lord, I pray that you would move people's hearts to join us. I pray we're going to have a big old group coming together on Wednesday night. Lord, as we put you first at the beginning of this year, we thank you, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Riverside, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'll see you Wednesday night. I'll see you back next week. Have a great week.